Rainmaker FM. You're listening to The Digital Entrepreneur, the show for folks who want to discover smarter ways to create and sell profitable digital goods and services. This podcast is a production of Digital Commerce Institute, the place to be for digital entrepreneurs. DCI features an in-depth, ongoing instructional academy, plus a live education and networking summit, where entrepreneurs from across the globe meet in person. For more information, go to rainmaker.fm slash digitalcommerce. That's rainmaker.fm slash digitalcommerce. Welcome to The Digital Entrepreneur, everyone. I'm your host, Sean Jackson. And I'm Jessica Frick. And we are the new host of The Digital Entrepreneur. Welcome, welcome, everyone. So the format of the show is gonna be a little different. If you've been listening in the past, you're gonna see some changes. And part of those changes is gonna be right at the top of the show because Jessica and I are going to bring up a topic and we're gonna take opposing sides. I think you'll enjoy it. So Jessica, you ready for a little bit one-on-one, mano-a-mano debate? We are coming out of the gate with a fire this time. That's absolutely (laughs) true. Okay, so Jessica, what is the topic for the week? Okay, this one is going to get kind of heated. Should you nuke your social media accounts? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) You're out of your head, Sean. Absolutely. You should nuke those suckers right now. Okay, all right. Let me me clarify. (laughs) (laughs) You're insane, but yes. Yes. Let me clarify really quickly what I mean by the nuking. Okay. Okay. There's no question. The social media, when it first started out, was a was a phenomenal tool, right? From MySpace to Friendster to LinkedIn to uh, what's that other one? Oh, Facebook. You know, it was a great way to have conversations. But as content marketing has been on the rise, right now, social media is a wonderful syndication platform for all of that juicy content that you create up. Other than that. Why waste your time on it? Why waste your time trying to engage with anybody on that? Just use it as a publishing tool and call it a day. If someone likes it, retweets it, thumbs it, hearts it, whatever they do on these things, let them do that. But for the real entrepreneur, the time is better spent not getting into little cat fights on Twitter, but time (laughs) spent on working your online business. What say you, Jess? I say you're wrong. <laughs> how, how are you going to grow your audience if all you're doing is speaking into an echo chamber? Are you going to take out a billboard? Yes. Yes, pretty much. Think about it. You know, look at it. Look at Pinterest. Put an ad in the newspaper? Really, really, really. Yes, exactly. You put the ad in the newspaper, which is called Craigslist nowadays, right? No, think about it. Look at Pinterest, right? Pinterest okay. is a phenomenal tool, right? Now, I'm sure, and I know, for instance, that many people follow others on there. But what are they following? They're following the content that these people put on the thing, right? Yes, if you want to have a one-on-one conversation with Aunt Millie, sure, you could do that over the phone, on Facebook, <laughs> via email. But at the end of the day, the conversational aspect of social media is really just, it's its not there. So why even worry your head about it? Just put the social share icon. Once you publish that piece of content, get it into those social media channels and call it a day. 
But, you know, I can tell from your position on this, Sean, that you don't run an e-shop selling mason jars mm. because Pinterest is basically made for that. Yeah, but are you really having a conversation? I mean, come on, let's think. I'm really, not saying you should have a conversation. I'm saying there's definitely value in maintaining it. Now, I'm not saying that, as you all astutely noted, you need to get into the you know scratching and gnashing on Twitter, but and you certainly shouldn't go on there and just be a link farm that just constantly broadcasts. But if you're not engaging with people, if you're not creating that relationship that's not just one way, giving people a reason to know, like, and trust you, what exactly are you doing to build your business? Um, you're spending time on your website, which is where you probably should be spending your time anyway. Okay. Now, let's think about it. I mean, you know, it kills me. I ran into this very nice young lady who is a new blogger out there. She's got a fashion blog, right? And she was very excited because she's got some followers online and she's putting things on her blog. And it's really kind of cool because she's mixing music and fashion together. So she's literally playing the guitar with things that she's wearing. <laughs> so it was like, it was, it was cool. It was catchy. But you know what she didn't consider? Um, email, like, you know, maybe people on your site, instead of just clicking on an affiliate link, maybe they should be signing up for an email list that you have. And why is that? Because if she's spending all of her time engaging on social media, then she's not spending time on the site and doing things like build an email list, which will probably bring more revenue to her than sitting there liking and thumbing and whatever the other things <laughs> they do on those things to build that one-on-one -on -one special relationship. What say you? I say you just need a hug, Sean, <laughs> <laughs> because you are just a little sourpuss today. No, no. <laughs> but, you know, and here's another thing. OK, if we're really going to get on this, why spend time on things that are not mobile first consumption? And to that uh, aspect, I would mm -hmm. say, then why not spending all your time creating videos and putting it on YouTube? Right. And would well, why you, not? Wouldn't that consider, yeah, be but that's, considered social media? Yeah, it's publishing, though. It's content syndication to a social media site. I mean, really, if you're getting a comment or two in your YouTube, hopefully it's not something really spammy or stupid, right? But, yeah, I mean, really, do you want to spend all your time doing that? Just saying, hey, here's the video. Here's the call to action, which most people forget to put in, right? Let's yeah. be honest. Yeah, I'll you know? agree with that. And instead, they're like, oh, I want to put it out there to see if anyone's viewed it or liked it or or maybe they did leave a comment. Well, yeah, there's a real risk for social media to become another vanity metric. But I think that it does hold value when used in proper proportion to the rest of your marketing mix. Obviously, if you are spending time on social media at the cost of working on a great website or sending important emails that really make a difference, then you might need to look at how much you're doing it. But, you know, everything in moderation. Well, and I'm, just I'm an old it off. I think it also depends on what kind of business you're running. If you're talking to a digital entrepreneur, some businesses will need social more than others. Yeah, well, I would put it further down the list and spend more time <laughs> on your website and think a little bit more about how to increase conversions thereof than worrying about whether Aunt Millie is liking your latest post on Instagram. All righty. <laughs> I told you, folks. We'll have to agree to disagree <laughs> on this one. But I will say I'm going to sell a lot more mason jars than you are. There you go. There you go. So, folks, what do you think? Am I completely crazy or Jessica Brilliant? Or does she completely not get it? We want to hear from you. So as part of this show, we set up a special email address at digits at 
rainmaker.fm. You can send us an email to digits at rainmaker.fm and let us know what you think. So go ahead. What is your point? Is social media really worth it? Or should you just go ahead and nuke your accounts? Send us an email and let us know. And we'll be right back after this break. Hey, everyone. This is Sean Jackson, the host of The Digital Entrepreneur. And I want to ask you a simple question. What is your business framework for selling digital goods online? Now, if the question perplexes you, don't worry, you are not alone. Most people don't realize that the most successful digital entrepreneurs have a framework or a general process for creating and selling their digital goods in the online space. And one of the best free resources is Digital Commerce Academy. Digital Commerce Academy combines online learning with case studies and webinars created by people who make a living selling digital goods online. And the best part is that this material is free when you register. Are you interested in joining? Well, I'll make it easy for you. If you're listening to the show on your phone and are in the continental United States, I want you to send a text message to 313131 with the keyword digits. D-I-G-I-T-S. And when you send that text message, we will send you a link to the registration form right to your phone. Are you outside the United States? Don't worry. Just send us an email to digits at rainmaker.fm. Either way, we'll send you a link to the registration form so that you can sign up for free for Digital Commerce Academy. And as a special bonus, we will also subscribe you to our newsletter when you text or email us so that you can stay informed with the latest insights from the show. And don't worry, we respect your privacy and we will not share your email or phone number and you can easily unsubscribe at any time. So if you want to start building or improving your framework for selling digital goods online, then please send a text to 313131 with the keyword digits or send us an email at digits at rainmaker.fm. You won't be disappointed. Welcome back from the break, everyone. And for this segment, we're gonna do a little different than other shows where we generally have interviews. For this particular segment, we are going to discuss a book that Jessica and I have both read called Competing Against Luck by Clayton Christensen. Now, that name may sound familiar to you because Clayton wrote a seminal piece of work back in the 90s called The Innovator's Dilemma. And Competing Against Luck is centered on the following premise, that people hire a product or service to do a specific job for them. In other words, that people are not thinking of the features and benefits that you provide with your product or service, but that they are really using your product or service to specifically fill a job that they have in their life that will either help them save time, get something done faster, et cetera. So to discuss this book, Jess, I'd like to get your thoughts on it. And certainly, I personally felt that it was a really unique way at looking at online products and services. What did you think of it? Well, I think it's important not just for the creation of products and services, but working out and finding tuning how you talk to potential customers about your product and service. I love the fact that he leads off talking about how most companies are doing data wrong. Mm -hmm. And I agree. It's so alluring to want to see data points and connect them and figure that is correctly correlated mm -hmm. to 
a customer cause, but that's not always the case. Usually customer behavior is <sighs> more disruptive. <laughs> yeah, no, and it's actually, but that brings up a great point because, you know, it was funny. We are awash in a ton of data right now. So everybody looks for, well, this person looks like this. They read that. They live here. They earn this. They do this for a living. And so by having all those data points, right, we feel like, oh, we know our customer when the reality is we probably don't. And one of the stories in the book that I thought was hilariously funny was milkshakes. Okay, so let me talk to you about milkshakes for a second. So there was a fast food chain that sells milkshakes along with other things that they had. And they did notice that in the morning, they had a lot of milkshake sales. And they're like, well, that's kind of an interesting part. So they kind of went through your typical demographic data. Who are the people buying milkshakes? What do they look like? Where do they drive? What, et cetera. All the demographic things that you'd come up with. But they never answered the question, why were people buying milkshakes in the morning? It turns out, that milkshake and specifically buying in the morning had a very specific job. And you know what that job was, Jess? What was the job, Sean? The job was because in a long commute, people wanted something that was fulfilled them, that was convenient and easy and did not require a lot of thought process to fill them up and was easy for them to consume while they drove. Now, coffee is great, but the problem with coffee, of course, it's very, very hot and it's not very easy to drink as hot as it is. And it also does not fill you up enough so that on a long commute, by the time you get to the office, that mid-morning craving that you have for food, knowing that lunch is a couple hours away, you know, coffee wouldn't solve that job. So people were literally hiring a milkshake as a form of on-the-road food to make sure that when they got to their job, they were filled enough to get them through to their lunch break. Isn't that crazy? It's crazy, but imagine how many people wouldn't get to that if they weren't asking the right questions. Um, and that's why I think this is so applicable to digital entrepreneurs. Um, remembering that what people are actually doing, and you and me too, I mean, we do it all day, every day with every dollar we spend. When you spend your money, you're hiring a product or service for a job. Mm -hmm. And if they do a great job, then you keep hiring them. If they don't, then you fire them and look for an alternative solution. That's right. You look at Uber, Uber being another great example. I mean, if you really boil Uber down, it really did two things, right? It basically allows you to call for a car and it shows you where the car was in relationship to you. Right. I mean, at a very, but why was the job that you wanted? The job that you wanted is you needed immediate transportation and you wanted to know that it was on its way. Right. So the job that I mean, because you can get a cab anywhere. Right. And New York is complete with them. And yet Uber comes on the scene and now cabs become just kind of a passe thing. They both essentially as a feature did the same thing, which is transport you from point A to point B. But there was a very fundamental difference about the job that you hire Uber to do versus the job that you hire a cab to do. And I think when you look at your online products and services, certainly there is a bigger reason why people are buying it. And that bigger reason is probably because they're looking at a job they need fulfilled. And if your product or service can fulfill that, then it's hired. But the moment that it fails at that job, then they're going to fire it right away. And I think there's a lot of things that he put in that book, right? About how you can really kind of spot some of these things. So Jess, what are some of the ways that you can spot opportunities where you can create a product and service that, that fulfills a job? I love the one that he was talking about, Quicken. 
um, when Intuit realized that there were a bunch of small businesses using Quicken, which was originally intended just for individuals. And so they're bending and shaping it to, you know, meet their needs. And so Intuit was able to create a business solution. And I think we all know how that story ends. Yeah. And think about it because they were finding work. They were doing workarounds to it. And so that's another exactly. opportunity. Make it's, it easier for them to do the job they want. That's right. And so that's another a very, very great example of how you can see how are people getting from point A to point B and what are the bends to the that they're having to make to their processes that are causing them some problems. And literally, think about it. Your product or service becomes the person that gives them the resume and says, I can take care of that job for you. And it's not surprising to me about this concept. And I'll tell you why. You know, back in the 19th century, back in the 1800s, right, you know, you with the technology was not anywhere close to what it is today, obviously. And so people would literally hire someone to do the most minute details of daily life for them. Today, we have all sorts of technology that makes us more productive. We don't need to hire very many people to do a lot of things that just a hundred years ago would take a whole staff to do. I mean, to me, that concept of how we look at the past and all the people we would hire to do little things for us now because of technology has changed. And when you think of your online product as a, a, a solution to a job, that if somebody has this job that needs to be done, then my product or service is the way that it's going to get done, and it's going to be done better than if you try to do that job on your own. I think that concept really changes the way that online entrepreneurs should look at their products and services. And I think that by understanding that, you're going to be able to speak better to prospective clients, because let's be real, not everybody's going to be the right fit for you. But for those who are, make them understand why you're the best. And by clearly articulating the job to be done and done well, I think your sales are going to increase exponentially yeah. and satisfaction too. Yeah, and that's a great point. I mean, let's use it in case of something that relates to us, hosting, right? When you look at hosting, I mean, do you really care about the the bits and bytes that are on that server? Of course you don't. Nobody cares about ones and zeros. That's Nobody. right. What they care about is, is my site going to stay up? Is there going to be somebody who is who's knowledgeable to take care of the issues that I have? Is it something that I can quickly get done without having to bring in a technical team to make it happen? That's what you hire hosting for, for goodness sake. You want it because you have a specific path and you don't want your hosting provider constantly going down because the job you're hiring it for is to keep your presence up. And quite frankly, do you really care about their backup storage being on this type of server versus that? No, you just want to know that if it goes down, it's restored and it better not go down because what you're hiring it for is to stay up all the time. That's how that thinking can apply, certainly in the online space. Just what are some other examples in the online space you could share? Well, I'm thinking about that as both a job that you want to avoid because you don't want to have to deal with your site going down and doing your own manual backups and restarts and all that stuff. So you would talk to somebody both from that perspective and also, you know, from a job that needs to be done well yeah. just to begin with. Um, but you know, there, there's also that difference thing. Um, like we were talking about with Quicken people using it, a product different than they were expecting. I'm thinking about Dayquil and NyQuil. Yeah. You know, so you're sitting on the product team of NyQuil and your sales have gone through the roof this year and you're like, Oh my God, everybody's got a cold. Well, you dig a little deeper, start asking the right questions, and you find out that people are actually using NyQuil to go to sleep, even when they're not sick. Right. And is what and they created up? 
Zequel. That's right. <laughs> but I think in the online space too, I mean, I think it goes to that a fundamental idea of asking why. Why do you need what I have? What is it that is driving below the surface, right? I mean, I think of membership sites, certainly, right? Why do people sign up for a membership site? Because I actually think there are different jobs people want done with a membership site, right? And I think understanding that really helps in how you craft and manage a membership site, right? Some people may go to a membership site because they really do need quality information, right? A content repository of some sort. Some people may go to a membership site because they're they're alone and they want someone to talk to in real time or near real time as the case may be. They may go to a membership site because they are really, you know, afraid and they just want somebody that they can trust to kind of guide them along a path. I mean, there's so many reasons why someone would just sign up and for a membership site and be willing to pay a lot for it. If you ask the question, what job is that person hiring my membership membership site to do, right? What job are people downloading my plugin to do? What is the job that they need fulfilled? Because the moment that you fail at that job, they're going to fire you, but they're hiring you because they need something done. And understanding what they need done is not going to be about the standard generic, the demographic information where people come in and say, we know our customers because we know where they live and what color their hair is and what color their eyes are and what they read, blah, blah, blah. It's because they're hiring it to do something else. Justin, I'm going to leave the last word for you. What is your final thoughts on Clayton Christensen's book of competing against luck? Never stop listening. I think you're right. Never stop listening. Always be asking why. And I think if you take a chance to read through that book, you'll find your own insight. And we'll be back after this break. You know, this show's success is based on how well we are at helping you succeed. Are we giving you insights that help your online business? Are we providing you with the types of resources you need to grow and prosper? Or are we just wasting your time? Regardless of your response, we would like to hear from you. Just send an email to digits at rainmaker.fm. No, we're not going to spam you or sign you up for something you don't want. Digits at rainmaker.fm is our public email address so you can provide the feedback we need to help you. And if you are enjoying the show and want to stay up to date with every episode and live in the continental United States, then send us a text message to 313131 with the keyword digits, D-I-G-I-T-S. And if you're outside the continental United States, you can still send us an email to digits at rainmaker.fm. We want to hear from you because you are the most important part of the show. And one more thing, when you contact us, we will send you information on Digital Commerce Academy, a free resource that will help you create and sell digital goods online. Don't worry, you have the option of signing up for Digital Commerce Academy, and this is not some automated ploy to spam you. We truly want to hear from you. So whether you are on your phone or at your desk, feel free to reach out and let us know how we are doing, and more importantly, how we can help you succeed. 
Welcome back from the break, everyone. And in this segment, Jess and I share some tools and information sources that we particularly find useful for digital entrepreneurs. So let's start off with tools, Jess. We're just going to cover two of them real quickly. What is a tool that you think is absolutely essential for digital entrepreneurs? Well, I know this week and pretty much every day, my most essential tool is Slack. Um, if you're not already using Slack, this is not an ad, by the way. Go to slack.com and check it out. We could not function as a team without it. Um, and the cool thing is, even if you are on disparate teams or just you know want to join a community discussion, keep your finger on the pulse of a community and everything going on in it, you know, jump on the Slack channel and you can join individual channels within that community and stay informed and really develop relationships and that ongoing one-on-one -on -one communication. Yeah. You know, it's funny because for a while we have experimented with HipChat, right? We used HipChat for a while, uh, certainly Skype, um, but really Slack has been, I think, uh, really transformational for us as a company and just across the board. I, I've actually been very impressed with Slack. You know, you know my feelings about social media, Jess, so <laughs> anything that's that <laughs> distracting, but I do think, you know, when it comes to that kind of one-on-one -on -one or really just the pulse of what's going on, I, I tend to like Slack. So I have a different tool to talk about that I think is really, really cool. What's yours, Sean? Clearbit API. Now, let me explain. Oh I know. So now I'm getting all technical. It's going to get nerdy up in here. It's, it's going to get very nerdy. But let me explain what Clearbit is. So Clearbit API. We have experimented with lots of tools in the company that help us understand who our customers are based on their email address. And we have tried a variety of services. And we finally have put some side-by-side -side comparisons. And I'm going to tell you now, Clearbit API uh, has been, bar none, one of the best tools out there for really understanding who that person is behind an email address. And the nice part about it, it's free. So let me go through, and it also integrates with Google Sheets. So let me tell you what you Sexy. can do with it. You can take, let's say you have a newsletter subscriber list. You can take those email addresses from your newsletter, put them into a Google Sheet, only a thousand, sorry, that's the limit, I, nothing I can do about it, and put in your Clearbit API key and it will go through every one of those email addresses. And when it finds information in their database, it will tell you their LinkedIn profile, their Facebook profile, their Twitter followers, their website, their company name, their title, any and everything you want to know. How big is their company? Where do they live? What country are they in? I mean, literally the amount of data from one email address is mind boggling. Absolutely mind boggling. I will and tell creepy. you. creepy. Yeah, I it is. I saw myself on it. I'm like, oh my God. I know. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. That was weird too. It's like, that's Jess. Oh my gosh. But it will tell you all <laughs> sorts of information. Some of which, Jess, you might want to take off the web. Just say. But yeah. But the nice thing is, again, because if you're not a programmer, right, you can use Google Sheets, which obviously is free. You can use the Clearbit API and you can bring in a segment. So if you've got an email list that you have, if you've got a series of email addresses from purchases made on your site, go really look at Clearbit API. And also, I know they have a function that integrates with Google Analytics. So now they can start pulling mm. some of that data in analytics. So by all means, I will tell you folks, again, we're not, we don't have affiliate commissions on the show. I don't care if you buy it or not. I'm just telling you from our experience, 
both with Slack and Clearbit. They are very much a part of the tools that we use to run the online business that is Rainmaker Digital. So speaking of, Jess, what about sources of information? Because that's another part where you have our tools and we have our information. And I want to tell you my favorite, and then I want to hear what is your favorite. My favorite source of information right now is businessinsider.com. Silicon Alley Insider is kind of how it started out with um, Business Insider. And I want to tell you why. You know, I've had Feedly account with RSS feeds from a whole variety of sources for quite some time now. But I have to go set that thing up, right? <laughs> One of the things yeah. I liked about Business Insider is it really gave me all of the kind of the business news, the online news, the things that were happening that would maybe demand my attention. So I almost want to think of it as a, a very uh, sophisticated um, way of curated business and online information, really. And so that way, if you see something, you can drill into it a little bit more. The other thing that I like about Business Insider is they're really on the forefront of online publishing. And Henry Bloggett, who runs uh, Business Insider, gave a phenomenal speech about how they've been using video and how as a publisher, they how they've morphed their video content to really appeal to people who are consuming it on social media sites, et cetera. So as, a, as both a company and as a source of information, specifically in the business space and in the tech space, I find Business Insider to be one of the first places I go to every day. Jess, what about you? Like, you know, when you first said it, I'm one of those weird people that actually reads news about other industries because I like those disparate connections. But then I was like, well, our industry would probably be ad week. That's like my junk food industry news. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, what's so bad is like, as much as I like just gawking at ad week, cause it really, it does feel like junk food. Um, sorry, ad week. I love you guys. I really do. Um, but it's marketing land. I'm on their list. I get their emails every single day. And that's a real source that I check every day. Yeah, and I've I think, been on their daily list forever too. Yeah, I think you always have to step outside of the little box that you happen to inhabit. And I think certainly finding other sources of information and other tools that may enhance it. And this is going to be a regular feature of the show, folks, is Jess and I will absolutely, time permitting, go through tools and uh, information sources that may be of interest and help you. So Jess, we're coming to the end of the show, but I did want to leave our audience with a topic to think about that you and I will be debating next week. And the topic to think about is this, is email a time saver or is email a time suck? We would like to know what you think. Jess, which side do you want to argue on that one? <laughs> email is a time saver. Oh, you know what I'm going to say. I know you're going to say it's a suck, but you're wrong. <laughs> well, folks, we hope you tune in next week to hear where Jess and I come down on this. And if you'd like to participate in the conversation, if you have a thought about email as a time saver or a time suck, go ahead and take a moment and send an email to digits at rainmaker.fm. We'd love to hear from you. And definitely, if we like it, we may read it on the show next week. That'll Especially be it. Especially if Sean's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my wife tells me that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so, folks, that'll be this episode of Digital Entrepreneur with your new host, Sean Jackson and Jessica Frick. And we will catch you on the next episode. You have a great week.